Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Startup Office Hours. I'm Scott Fox. It's time for another hour of informative startup fundraising information live to you worldwide from my office in sunny Southern California. Thanks for joining me today. Today we're going to be talking about my favorite topic, hopefully yours too, which is how to raise money for your startup. Um, startup companies are the major engine of success in the world these days, I think. Uh, not just success, but really progress. Uh, the top politicians are leaving us all in the dust, uh, busy fighting with each other. So those of us who are optimists and doers and producers of creative new ideas and innovations, well, it's my model that uh, we need to band together and make a difference. So I'm doing this as a volunteer uh, each month here, uh, like I said, live from my office at lunchtime and uh, trying to help as many entrepreneurs as I can. I'm a serial internet entrepreneur. I've been at this for decades now, uh, making um, new ideas come to life, reaching customers, uh, both uh, direct-to-consumer customers and business-to-business customers, as well as readers worldwide. Uh, these are books I've written over here. Uh, the three in the middle are all in English. Uh, the rest are foreign translations. So if you're joining us today because you've read one of my books in another language, uh, you can see Japanese and uh, Polish and Turkish and uh, Vietnamese, uh, welcome to you, too. Um, glad that you're here. And my goal today, as usual, is to help you uh, learn how to raise money for your startup. Um, a combination of uh, innovation and investment are the best chance, I think, for moving the world forward. So today we're going to take questions from you guys live, as well as practice a few investor pitches um, for some friendly feedback. And um, basically have a good time for an hour or so. And if it's useful to you, I hope you'll invite your friends. And please, by the way, like and share and comment, all that kind of stuff. Uh, would appreciate that so that we can reach more people. Um, a couple quick, uh, oh, let's, let's see some people coming into the chat room here. Nice to see you guys. Uh, here's some uh, hello to uh, Melanie. And uh, Melanie from Toronto and Juan from Columbia. And um, Amir from Boston. And... Uh, and No-No, <laughs> thanks for taking the time. You're welcome, No-No. Where are you from? Um, also, in the backstage, we've got Carlo and Lulu who want to talk uh, with some questions and pitches they have. If you'd like to join us on camera uh, as well, let me give you that link. Here's the link for that one. Uh, it's a little bit.ly link because it's long and complicated, of course. But if you'd like to join us on camera, happy to talk with you. It's a lot more interesting when we talk to each other than if I just talk by myself. So thanks to Lulu and Carlo for showing up early. Um, hello, Daniel from Berlin and Badri from Seattle and Samim from New York. Vikram from Chicago. Excellent. Here we go. And there's Ethan. Hey, Ethan, you're from Orange County, right? Uh, met him recently at a Stanford Angels uh, group. I, I'm the chairman, among other things, of uh, Stanford Angels for Orange County um, in uh, Southern California here. And I'm also a member of Tech Coast Angels. I'm an active angel investor. Um, but more importantly, uh, I've been a founder uh, myself. So a lot of this advice uh, is the idea here is to give advice that comes from experience on both sides of the table. A lot of the advice you get is either uh, founders who did it or VCs who tell you what they want to see, but not as often, at least that I've seen, is people who've done both and have a sympathy for both, right? Well, i got to be honest. I don't have that much sympathy for venture capitalists. They're doing fine. My sympathy is with you guys. <laughs> I'm a founder at heart, and uh, I'd like to help you uh, get farther faster. Um, so a quick couple of caveats. Uh, this session is being recorded. It will be shared online, so I don't say anything uh, uh, too confidential or dirty. And um, also we have uh, this, of course, this is not qualified legal or financial advice. This is for entertainment purposes only. Uh, your success is up to you, honestly. I'm just, uh, I'm just a commentator, I guess. 
uh, convener here, uh, trying to help everybody get ahead, okay? So um, please like and subscribe, like I said. Join our email list. By the way, if you want to hear about these, if this is the first one you've been to, especially make sure you get on this email list because then we can um, and keep in touch with you. And of course, you can always unsubscribe. We're not going to spam you, um, but uh, just to help you um, get online uh, with our future events because we do um, not just this event, by the way, but um, we do these also, which are the Mastermind Startup Accelerator Workshops. Uh, historically, uh, I've done those in person here in California, but uh, to thank one of the few benefits of the pandemic, I guess, is that we're more all online now, so often run these uh, workshops once a month um, online, so you can participate from anywhere. And we have people from, you know, Australia and Germany and uh, all across the states and Canada, of course. Um, so if that's useful to you, again, get on the list. And um, those are private, uh, more like working sessions just for entrepreneurs and me. And, um, and it's free if you bring a question. <laughs> so, uh, again, trying to do my best to help everybody out. So... Um, okay, great. So it looks like we've got a good turnout here. Let me just check my notes. Um, let's see. Oh, so is anybody here from LinkedIn? Last time we had trouble on LinkedIn, um, and they weren't, um, they weren't, the, the connection wasn't working somehow. Their API is buggy, apparently. Um, so if anybody's on LinkedIn, could you just let me know in the, um, in the chat room that LinkedIn is working because that was a concern last time. I didn't, I left, apparently a bunch of people were hanging over there. And if you're listening to this somehow not on LinkedIn, um, go over to YouTube because the YouTube, uh, if you can't, um, if you can't find us um, on LinkedIn, we're on YouTube. Let me just put that. I think I have, wait a minute, how do I use the chat? Hold on guys. Sorry. Thank you all for, oh, there we go. Type a message. Okay. Here's, if you're just arriving here, you can join us on YouTube over there. Okay. Or Facebook also. It's on Facebook too, I think. Okay, so great. Uh, it's working. Thank you. Thank you, LinkedIn folks. Uh, let me just say hi to a few more people here. Um, boy, we got a big crowd today. This is great. Uh, so uh, Melanie from Toronto. Oh, we did that already. Hi, Melanie. Welcome again. Um, where did I leave off? I said hi to Ethan. This is Aaron from D.C. Hello. No-nos in Minnesota. Uh, Ideals in Atlanta. Uh, Ethan, nice to see you. Uh, Miami Beach drones are in Miami Beach. Uh, Athena. Hey, Athena from nearby in Anaheim. Anaheim Hills, Jessica, West Palm Beach. Okay. Um, is there a link to join the mailing list? No, no. Yes. Should I put that up again? Okay. Hold on. Let me put that link up again. Uh, hold on. Join your friend. Which one? I've got a bunch of links here. There it is. Okay. There's that one again. And uh, Travis. Hey. Hey. Oh, Tom, sorry. Thomas. Tomas. Hey, Tomas. Hi from Michigan. I'm from Detroit myself. Tomas. Nice to meet you. And uh, Rustam, so yes, LinkedIn's working. LinkedIn users, yes. Hey, Patty, nice to see you. Thank you. Uh, Rustam from OC. Tom <coughs> from San Diego. Patik from India. Okay, you're up late, Patik. Nice to see you. <laughs> okay, it's the middle of the night for you guys. Sorry, I can't do these 24 hours a day. And Kuro from Newport Beach. Okay, and Hollywood. All right, okay, good, good, good. All right, all right. So everybody's here. Awesome. Okay, um, let's see. Let's look at our... Um, Let's see who's here in our chat room and what they want to talk about. And then some of you um, emailed questions in. Um, the way to get on to do a pitch or to ask a question is to come on camera. Um, this is not like just this is not TV, right, where I do all the talking. This is more fun if it's interactive. So if you'd like to join me on camera, uh, we've got uh, Badri. Uh, let's see. We'll just turn these on. And uh, we've got Badri and Carlo and Lulu. And Lulu said she went to get some water. So I think she'll be back in a moment. This is her big moment. She's missing her moment. Um, hey guys, so um, this is what you want, we want you to do, and then uh, I'll unmute you guys. Can you just tell me really, really quickly, not the whole question, but just what you want to talk about so I can kind of figure out what we want to, uh, what we want to do tonight, okay? Um, so let me, are you guys unmuted? Let's see, I think you can talk. Yeah, yeah. I think I can talk. Okay, hey Carlos. 
So, hey, Scott. So, I guess uh, I sent in a question about uh, your crowdfunding, uh, ah. uh, equity crowdfunding. Okay, cool. Uh, Good enough. That's, that's all I need for now. Well, then I'll, I remember we emailed about that, right? Okay, cool. That's, so, we'll talk about crowdfunding. And, Lulu, you wanted to do a pitch. Is that right? Yes. I'm okay. Working from this deck, moving into a new one, but I'd okay. like to just get general feedback on it, and okay. then I'll have a new one next around. Okay, that sounds good. Um, and everybody, I think we got to give Lulu the best lighting and camera award. You look great. <laughs> got to figure out how to do that. Okay, and I can send you guys a link. It's a twenty dollar portable light that you can use on your cell phone and any computer from Amazon. Well, please put that in the chat room. Maybe we could all use that. All right. Yeah. Okay. We'll be back to you in a couple minutes. We'll probably do pitches a little later. I want to do some questions first, but great to see you. Um, and then, uh, Badri, what would you, what did you want to talk about today? Um, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm an entrepreneur like um, everyone on the call. I, uh, I have an omni-channel ad tech platform that I run, um, and I just launched the platform on in May, and I'm getting strong traction. Congrats. I'm, I'm looking to, you know, scale and grow, and um, I'm looking for investment. Okay. Um, and I, I just. Um, Wanted to meet other entrepreneurs and, and use Scott. Okay. Uh, to learn more. I, I don't have any agenda other than just listening in and, and, and uh, learning by osmosis. Fair enough. Thank you. All right. Well, I'm glad you're here. Um, so if a question comes up, so you're brave enough to come on camera, you, you get top priority to ask it, okay? <laughs> so you can hang out and, uh, as long as you'd like. I can also pitch, like, if I, is it okay, like, later I do a one-minute pitch? Yes. That's okay? Yeah, yeah, sure. Well, let me talk about that. So if people want to pitch, they're short pitches. This is not like put up your deck and do a 20-minute talk, right? This is a one- or two-minute pitch, just verbal, um, just kind of to practice your flow, get some friendly feedback from other folks. Uh, and, yeah. you know, get the feel for what it is. Um, so that's yeah, perfect. That's, I love it. I love okay. It. Yeah. All right. Well, then we'll do that in a few minutes, like I said. And there's Ethan as well. Hey, Ethan, nice to see you. Did you have a specific question today? I was wondering if you could then just uh, maybe uh, answer a quick question about free money versus post money. Sure. And why and what is preferred over here. Cool. Oh, that's a great question. Okay. That's an advanced question. Okay. Well, so we'll get to that too. Okay, great. So let's start. Um, let's see. So I guess Carlo had the first uh, let's start with Carlo, if you guys don't mind, and we'll come back to the pitches. Uh, oh, sorry, Carlo, I turned you off. <laughs> okay, there's Carlo. Okay, so Carlo's been here before, and he's working on his uh, advancing his strategy. So where where are we this month, Carlo? Um, so we're really close to launching. Congrats. Uh, I'm waiting for approval from App Store and Play Store, so I'm really close to launching. Great. Well, that is not, that is not a small achievement. So good job. <laughs> So what's the question? You want to talk about crowdfunding a little more? Uh, yeah, so the question was about crowdfunding. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, like, so if someone wants to start a crowdfunding campaign, what should they do before they start a crowdfunding campaign? Like, what are some of the steps that they should consider before actually launching a crowdfunding campaign? Okay, great. So, so crowdfunding is an exciting opportunity. I, Carlo and I have traded a couple of emails here, so let me back up a little, Carlo, to give everybody else up to the same level. So crowdfunding is, you guys probably know this, but just to make sure, um, basically the securities laws have changed. It used to be that only rich people could invest in startups because they were too risky. They still are incredibly risky, so this doesn't solve that part of it. But what it does do is allow people with less assets to uh, invest or even bet on things that they're passionate about, which is fantastic. Um, one of the leading crowdfunding companies called WeFunder has uh, kind of, uh, they're trying to introduce the term community round, which is a nice, uh, gives you the vibe for crowdfunding, which is that people can, uh, entrepreneurs and companies can get their community to support them, right? And that didn't used to be possible. Like if you liked a local pizzeria, all you could do was go and buy pizza or, or just give them cash, which was kind of weird. Um, so crowdfunding allows you to go and support by giving them um, 
smaller amounts of money in exchange for some small amount of ownership. And that's a really, it's a breakthrough concept. Uh, I think it's long overdue. I'm very excited about it. Um, and, and full disclosure, I'm an investor in WeFunder and Start Engine and one of the other ones too. And I've done deals on all those platforms. So I'm not an expert by any means, but I'm maybe uh, an, an advanced beginner. Uh, and I really am excited about the opportunities it means, um, not just for investors, but really for you, Carlo, for founders like you. So, okay, so what should you do beforehand? Um, and by the way, guys, this, this show is really interactive. So if you have ideas for Carlo, please put them in the chat because I don't have all the answers here, right? I'm just kind of the, the organizer here, right? This is a community thing. Um, so if you have suggestions or resources, please share them with Carlo and with everybody else by putting them in the chat room. That would be great. Okay, so what I would say, Carlo, is the danger of crowdfunding that a lot of people thought um, you could be a founder, like a product person or an engineer, you know, the entrepreneur, and then once you had your company ready, then you could just put it on crowdfunding and everybody would send you money, right? And it kind of was a little that way, honestly, at the beginning of several years ago. But these days it turns out that crowdfunding is not a, I'm not quite sure how to say this, but it's not a funding mechanism as much as a promotional mechanism that has funding attached. And what I mean by that is that crowd, you can't just list on crowdfunding and hope that people are going to send you money. You've got to put your listing up and you really want to already have an audience or people engaged so that they will come and start giving you some momentum because nobody's going to invest like at a, like a party, right? You don't want to be the first person at the party because it's awkward, right? You want to see that there's a bunch of people there already, and then you, you hear about it from your friends, and they convince you that this is a good thing to invest in. Um, so that's the challenge for product-driven founders is that you really kind of – it's kind of chicken and egg, right? How are you supposed to raise any money without an audience, but you need an audience before you can raise any money? Um, so that's the, the trick. And I think we already covered that together by email a little bit, right? Am I remembering that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so what's the next step? Um, so the next step is, well, there's two ways to go. Um, you can spend money or you can try to grassroots it. Spending money is not a crazy idea, right? If you can spend whatever, $1,000 and make $5,000, I do that all day. Um, maybe you don't have a thousand dollars. That's the problem, right? For a lot of us who are bootstrappers, you know, how do you, you maybe you don't have a thousand or ten thousand. Uh, but if you do, um, there are certainly there are agencies that specialize in this sort of thing now. Uh, I don't have any specific recommendations, but there are people that are really good at this, and they're basically marketing agencies, right? They're advertising folks, creative people. They'll help you create a, a sizzle video, um, you know, maybe help you with your slogan, your logo, whatever, you know, the, the plan, uh, and make you look really good. And if that's not your expertise, this is not a crazy investment because it's just like if you grew the company from scratch, you would hire somebody as the head of marketing, right? Because you're not a marketer, right? And that's a legit way to spend money. Um, if any of you have recommendations for crowdfunding agencies that you like, please put those in the chat room also. I'd, I'd personally like to know about that, what's working for you. Um, the other way, of course, is to buy eyeballs. You can use money on pay-per-click ads. Uh, you can advertise on Google and um, LinkedIn and uh, TikTok and, you know, wherever you want, right? Uh, and just try to attract people in your, uh, in your niche. Okay, so that's probably all pretty obvious. The piece that I think you're asking about is more the bootstrappy method. That's what most people are really interested in. Um, so how do you get there? Um, I think, and there's no right answer, right? If I had the answer, I would have done it 15 times and, you know, I would have written books about it. Um, but I think this goes back to the, the nuts and bolts of grassroots marketing, which is, finding an audience and really making friends with them and turning them into fans. There's a really bright guy named Kevin Kelly who like 10 or 15 years ago wrote a, a, a paper called uh, 1,000 True Fans. And his thesis was that if you can find 1,000 people that love you, that's all you need. 
because you can start with a dollar from them, and then if you keep producing, then they'll give you $10, they'll give you $100, they'll give you $1,000. And a thousand times a thousand, hey, that's a million dollars. You're probably doing okay, at least for a you know, hobby sort of project. Um, so I, I think really it's a long way of saying you've got to find your customers, make them love you, um, probably content marketing like blogging, podcasting, um, outreach like that, So, but really target it, right? Because the trick is, like when I wrote my second book, um, this one, E-Riches, uh, it was uh, 2008 or nine, and the advice in there was be on every social media platform because you can reach everybody. But that's because there were only like three social media platforms then, right? <laughs> you know, it was only three or four things, right? But now there's like 100, right? So you just can't. You've got to pick your, your – um, figure out – you can work backwards from the goal, right? Who's the target customer? Who's most likely to love us? Whose problem are we solving the best? Where do they hang out? spend time there, impress them, make friends, uh, and then try to get them in um, kind of like first as uh, alpha testers, beta testers, early customers, and turn them into evangelists, and then they spread the word. And when you cross that with crowdfunding, um, you start to uh, – you can see where that starts to overlap with crowdfunding because crowdfunding usually has perks, right? If you, if you invest $100, you get a T-shirt. If you invest $500, you get two T-shirts. If you invest $1,000, you get to talk to the CEO or you know, whatever your perks are, that kind of stuff. Um, all right, so that was a long answer. Is that, is that helpful? Yeah, that, that is helpful. I think that's some stuff I should try. Okay. See if I could you know, build my community more around that. Okay, great. Great. Yeah, that's, that's the idea, I think, because these days, here's something for everybody also that I've, I've been tracking on for a while that will be in my next book. Um, startups used to be about the product um, and the idea. And it's not that they're not, but that is a requirement. Any startup has to have a good idea and a problem to be solved, right? But what investors really want to hear these days isn't that you've got a good idea or even a good solution. They want to hear about your distribution, like how you're going to reach everybody. That's really the hardest part now. It's not supply. It's demand. How do you get the demand? Uh, and that's what we're talking about here. So uh, everybody, you know, as much time as you're spending on your product development or your content or all the things that you love to do, um, if you're a product person like me, um, you've got to think more about how do you get it out there and how do you get people to adopt that kind of stuff. And, and that's really the challenge for all of you, including our friend Carlo here uh, and with any crowdfunding campaign. So, all right. So, great. Nice to see you, Carlo. Thanks for being here. I uh, hope that was helpful. We will see you again, I hope. And um, we're going to keep going here. Let's just check in with the chat room here. We've got a number of people backstage also. Um, if that was helpful, please uh, let me know. Or if I'm on tr off track, we'll talk about something else. Um, I think crowdfunding is definitely worth pursuing. Um, so, okay. Let's see. Um, okay, Ethan. Okay, there's Ethan's pre-money post. Yeah, okay, we'll get, we'll get to that, Ethan. That's a good one. Um, Badri, yes, you can ask a question if you want, Badri. Is it related to that last topic, or are you just can, just can you put in the chat room there, Badri, what you want to talk about so I can work it into the flow of things? Um, okay, LinkedIn is working. Sorry, I'm, I'm a lot of people here today. Great to see you all. Bangalore in the house. Uh, Harsha and Arthur from San Antonio, nice to see you. Uh, Lulu, oh, so Lulu, your, um, your link is not in the public chat. You put it in the backstage chat. So... Maybe you can figure out how to put that out front. Scott, can I put a different kind of picture? It's a comic. Sure. Small Business Management Consulting wants to talk about a different kind of pitch concept. Tell us your name, Small Business Management Consulting. And sure, that sounds like fun. Go ahead and post that in the chat. Um, can I give some to Can you like to? Sorry, guys, I'm reading. That's about the thought. We're almost like these costs are retail. 
Well, that's a good point. So Nader chimed in. Let me just build on um, on what I was saying there about uh, crowdfunding. Nader chimed in that, yeah, I talk about the split where most folks use crowdsourcing as a pre-sale mechanism instead of for a true investment. That's right. Um, what Nader's saying there, at least is my interpretation, Nader, is that um, it goes back to what I was saying is that crowd, crowdfunding is actually kind of a marketing platform as much as a fundraising platform, right? So it's a way to reach out to people that are enthusiastic about your product, get them to invest, and then they're really, literally, invested in the ride of your company, right? So it's almost a pre-sale mechanism in the sense that, like, you can say, um, you know, invest $100 and you get half off our new widget or whatever it is or, you know, um, half or a free offer for a friend or, you know, that kind of uh, buy one, get one free or whatever. Like you can use the crowdfunding thing as a platform, again, to reach people. It's distribution and marketing as much as it is investment. So I guess, um, and that's a good point, Nader. I, I think um, what I'm groping towards here is that everybody kind of needs crowdfunding uh, platforms pitch themselves and they are as ways to raise money, but that's not all they are. It's a lot like YouTube. Um, Ten years ago, people used to say to me, uh, I'm producing video. Um, I don't want to go on YouTube. I'm, I think they're a competitor. And my answer always was, YouTube is full of millions of people watching videos. They're not your competitor. They're your marketing channel, right? So you don't necessarily want to put everything on YouTube. Like maybe you just do commercials or teasers on YouTube that upsell to your private video classes or whatever they are. Um, but YouTube's distribution, and that's kind of what crowdfunding is as well. Uh, so if you can uh, see that analogy is holding, like if you're doing video, you'd want to use YouTube. Um, if you're raising money or selling things, you might want to use crowdfunding to raise money or sell things, <laughs> right? It's, it's, it kind of, it's kind of a flow. Um, so thanks for that point, Nader. Uh, yeah, okay, and Luis has another uh, a crowdfunding point. Uh, Carlo, this is a crowdfunding show. You're, uh, <laughs> thanks for the suggestion. Uh, can you comment on the fact that some investors, particularly VCs, will avoid startups who have raised crowdfunding uh, due to impact on the cap table and small investor nu small nuisance investor overhead? Yes. Um, okay, this is a good good point. Um, Luis is uh, chiming in here. So, um, Historically, more sophisticated investors don't like to invest in companies that have a uh, crowdfunding background. Um, this is kind of a snob thing, honestly, uh, but it's also an operational thing, like Lewis is saying, um, because your cap table, your capital, the capitalization table is the list of all your investors. And if you have like 1,400 people who each put in 50 bucks, it's just operationally difficult and they know it's going to chew up your time as the founder communicating with all those people um, as well as their time. Like if they're trying to do a deal and maybe those people all need to approve it or something, it just, it gets messy and every new round has new rights which need to be checked back against the previous rights. I mean, capitalization tables get complicated quickly. So historically there's been a prejudice for sure against companies that were crowdfunded. That is absolutely true. Um, I think on the good side, Lewis, um, and uh, if anybody has opinions on this, again, the chat room, I'd love to hear them. My sense is that that is changing in, in the positive sense for founders. Um, and this is for a couple reasons. One, people have just kind of gotten over it. Um, two, there are different kinds of vehicles now um, that can streamline the cap structure. Uh, and the crowdfunding companies are pretty aware of this, that um, the, the capitalization uh, complications are not desirable and they've been working to slim these things down so that cap tables can take crowdfunding money as a single line on the cap table right instead of like literally 700 lines um, so there are efforts like that uh, roll-up vehicles and something somebody mentioned that and uh, maybe Nader 
uh, mention that. Um, so uh, there are operational improvements, there are attitude improvements, uh, and then frankly, I've actually I've literally talked to VCs in the last couple months who are starting to use crowdfunding as a way to source deals. There's so much money in the venture space these days, even despite the the crush of valuations and all the crazy shit that's going on in the public markets. Um, there's so much money in venture that people are kind of desperate for deals, and they're looking increasingly to crowdfunding platforms to find things that they wouldn't have found otherwise. Um, why? Because crowdfunding funds some really weird stuff, and <laughs> there's really fun, interesting stuff, and those platforms are large enough that they have decent search engines. So it's easier sometimes than going on to Google and just like Googling the whole world to find something. You can dig in to some of the more obscure niches or smaller deals on the crowdfunding platforms, and you might find things that, uh, that if you're a venture capital firm, uh, you might be interested in. Um, particularly if you're in, you know, some of the smaller segments or you um, have an industry focus that's small or emerging or an impact investor uh, focus, you know, you really want to find uh, investments that are uh, run by women, for example, or something like that. Or you only do women AI investments that affect climate change, right? I mean, that's super narrow, but maybe on Start Engine or WeFunder or Republic or, or uh, uh uh, one of the other crowdfunding platforms, maybe maybe you could find it. So anyway, uh, there you go. There's a bunch more words about that. <laughs> okay, let's move on from crowdfunding uh, and see. Uh, okay, let me let's catch up here. Um, um, let's see. So uh, okay, Lulu says she doesn't know how to add it to the public chat. Okay, here's uh, okay here I will do that since. We're trying to help everybody here. Here is the link to, I hope, <laughs> this better be a legit uh, ring light and not some weird porn site you just sent me to. <laughs> I just gave it to everybody. <laughs> but um, I, I'm sure it is. I'm just joking. Um, and then, uh, okay, so Lulu, let's bring you on camera. Do you want to ask your question? Let's do your question first, and then Boundary, we can, uh, we'll do your question. So Lulu had a question, looks like, about uh, license. So that was a ring light. That was a ring light link, right? Yeah. Okay. It's great fun, everybody. Enjoy. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's actually a square light with no ring. Oh. Um, okay. My question is, we were doing a three-tier SaaS, a subscription model, and we're moving to a licensing model after speaking with an IT attorney and how we can build this. And I'm wondering if you can speak about licensing models or how that would work. Uh, is it still a subscription? Is I'm working to update the deck and, and reflect that appropriately? Yes, I can try. Let me get my head around what you're saying. So you – tell tell me again or tell me a little more. I'm not quite getting it. Sure. So instead of, say, going direct to consumer with a subscription model, mm-hmm. we'd like to license, say, to Amazon, ah, Apple, okay. Apple, things like that. And yeah. I'm not sure how the pricing works. So I'm just wondering if you have any idea. Yeah, okay. With a licensing agreement, is there still, still a per-user fee mm-hmm. we would charge? Yes, okay. Uh, and just give folks a quick quick version of what, what kind of service you're talking about or, or an example if you don't want to be too specific. Oh, no, sure. So, hi, everybody. I'm Lulu Waters, the CEO and founder of Book Sherpa, and we are a neurodiverse reading guide. And what that means is we help people with ADHD and dyslexia read, comprehend, and understand what they're doing and take action on the learning that they're reading. Nice. Okay, so that's the kind of service you're talking about licensing then, right? Okay, mm-hmm. is this software, or how does it actually work? Well, we're building a demo app, basically, uh-huh. and then the way we're building it is under trade secret. Uh-huh, okay. So we would be licensing that with an API. Okay, so it would be served through an API. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, license, well, the short answer is licensing deals can be however you want. 
which is really kind of weird. Um, uh, typical is, as you said, is like a, a per user license. Um, generally, the pricing would be lower because it's kind of a volume deal, right? They're buying wholesale. Um, often they'd have tiers. Um, you know, this percentage at this level and higher or lower at, at higher tiers. Um, it really depends a lot on who has leverage in the game. I mean, if you're working with Amazon, they're going to tell you what the licensing terms are, is my guess, right, um, rather than the other way around. Um, uh, trying to think. I mean, you probably knew all that. I'm trying to think what I could add. I've done a lot of licensing deals. Um, it's and it's a, Well, it's a clever way to do things, right, because you can get access to a much larger market. Um, I guess what I would be – let's talk about what I'd be careful about. Maybe that's helpful. Um, you want to talk about, you want to look at the extent of the license, right? So there's obviously price and then length in terms of time, right? But there's also territories, which are kind of weird now because everything used to be a geographical, but online everything is, you know, global, right? Uh, and certainly Amazon will think globally. You may not want to. I mean, I don't know how you, your system works, say, in English versus other languages and, you know, character-based languages and stuff. I don't know if it works there or not. So you might want to save those foreign rights uh, at some level or at least have different, um, uh, percentages associated with them. Um, the other big uh, discussion point usually is an advance. Like, will they advance you a bunch of money first against future sales? Of course, the more they advance you, the lower the royalty you're going to get later. So that's another trade-off that you'd be doing. Um, the other one, oh, this is a good one, is co-branding. Like, what is the extent to which your logo and your slogan, your URL uh, is included or not included uh, when they push it out, right? So um, if they push it through five levels of partners, probably you're going to be five levels down in the logo stream, right? Or are you trying to keep your logo large at the top or maybe even use, you know, maybe you even want to bump out the Amazon logo because you need to be the brand for whatever strategic reason, right? So there's a lot of those kind of positioning issues. I was involved just a couple weeks ago with a company I'm an advisor to that uh, was having this kind of problem. Like they had done a licensing deal with a much larger company uh, and the larger company started using the tech. Um, but start, but didn't mention them anywhere, even though it was in the deal, right? And yeah. one of the reasons they did that deal was because they wanted people to know that it was powered by them, and then people yeah. would come to them directly, right? So that's okay. So you get what I'm saying. So that's a thing. Actually, yeah, that came up actually. Uh, one of our, I have a software and a tech advisor, and they brought that up in our IT meeting with the attorney. Okay. It's a little early to retain the attorney, so I'm trying to figure out as much as I can on my own. Yeah. Instead of pay for it before it's time. Does that make sense? It does. You know, I I know a guy. Um, I will have to think about his name, but there. Um, why don't you send me a, a, a email or something? There's a guy here in Southern California. God, I can't remember his name. Plug if I could give it to him. <laughs> First name, but I'll figure it out. Um, he might be somebody to talk to at least, and he's not an attorney, or maybe he is an attorney, but he doesn't practice as an attorney, right? He's a licensing person yeah. uh, specifically. Uh, maybe that would be helpful. So. That would. And can I just share, because it's 30% of our population that deal with this. Sure. So if you can't post in the public chat, I don't know why I see Rob. Um, and if people want to, if they let me interview them, because we are doing customer interviews, it would really be an honor. Um, anyone who has dyslexia and ADHD, I started this because I deal with this, and I'm nothing out there fits, nothing out there works, and so I decided to build it myself. Awesome. That's an entrepreneur. That's a founder, right? You get it you know, based on your personal experience. That's the best way to do it. Well, good to see you, Lulu. Um, we'll come back for a pitch in a few minutes, too, if you still want to do that. Okay. Yeah, thanks. Uh, Badri, you want to come on and join us? This is, uh, there's Lulu and Badri. Yeah. Okay, cool. Hi. Hi there. Hi. Hold on. Let me turn off Lulu. And here comes Badri. So where are you calling from? 
I'm calling from uh, Seattle, yeah. um, Seattle, Washington, and um, see, here's my thing. I run an omni-channel ad platform mm-hmm. to simplify or reinvent online advertising. Uh, it's a huge pain point for those of you that have uh, marketed online, uh, and digital marketing is, is, is like brain surgery, even though it's, it's one of the most understated but most powerful engines that's out there. Uh, and, and a lot of people struggle with getting, you know, um, returns on the money they spend because there's huge amounts of money getting wasted. Yeah. Uh, so we created a platform to actually simplify and optimize your ad spend. So that's what we do. Great. Um, I'm actually talking to investors and some of the investors, and again, this is just, we just started, you know, fundraising. Um, and typically what they ask you is, look, do you have another investor or do you have other um, um, angels? Or, so how do you kind of steer the investors into putting the first money? Because I, I, I guess I don't want to use the word guinea pig, but that seems like more like investors yeah. don't want to be the guinea pig. If one guy told me flat out, if you get an investor, I'll invest. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's what he, he and uh, I, he is not like a investor, but he's got money, he's uh, worth an apple, so he's got a good amount of money. Uh-huh. But he says, you, you get me an investor as a term sheet, then I'll, I'll put money into your venture. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. great. Um, so how do you, again, uh, like I'm not saying that that's a bad idea, but I'm just saying how do you, um, I guess, nudge the investors yeah. to the first one to invest. Even though they are in, some of them are interested, mm-hmm. they're um, all years, they want to know more, they got you know, early traction, and strong early traction. Yeah, they yeah, yeah. All that I, stuff. I got you, I got but you. Okay, okay. No, I got it. I got it. This is everybody has this question. <laughs> we all face this, so you're you're totally on track. Nobody wants to jump in the pool first, right? Everybody wants to be validated, and it's not. It's easy to understand as an angel investor, especially this is your personal money. This isn't some you know the money, the budget that you were given by your boss to to throw away, right? This is your money, so it's a, it's a natural it's a natural question. Unfortunately, there's no magic silver bullet for this, right? It's a matter of pounding the pavement until you find somebody to jump in first. So, so some tools that might help, though, are things like this. Um, a lot of times when people say, I'll do it when someone else is doing it, is really, is really a no. It's a really polite no, but you have to be honest with yourself in the situation. Because the fact is, unless the check hits your bank account, it is a no, right? So, it, you know, whether, whether they're hiding the ball or not, it's a no until it's a yes. And, I mean, until the cash shows up, right? So, so it almost doesn't matter. I mean, it's exciting, but, but in terms of, I mean, how you spend your mental time, right? Because that's the number one constraint on all of us as entrepreneurs is how much time you have to think about stuff. You don't only have so much yeah. bandwidth, right? So I would just, right. honestly, I would just cross the guy off, right? Not because, I mean, he may be the best person in the world, and he may be totally on it, but it doesn't matter, right? Because he said no until you do this other thing. Okay, so let's focus on the other thing, and that was your question. But that was just a mental model, right? Like, that doesn't matter, right? So what does matter? So how do you get your, what is truly your first investor, Right. Um, and then maybe he'll show up, maybe he won't. So how do you get the first guy? So the first guy, a lot of times the problem with finding the first investor is bad targeting, right? Um, and I don't know your background. You're, maybe you've done this 50 times, but I know a lot of people online come to this show because they're new to this, right? So let me just say, mm-hmm. all investors are not the same, right? A bank isn't the same as a VC. It's not the same as an angel. And every angel is different too, right? My background might be in aerospace. You might be a medical doctor. You know, she might be the former CEO of a publishing company. And, uh, and maybe she was born rich, right? These are, you know, four different, completely different checkbooks, right? So you have to find the people that are most excited about the problem you're solving. That's what I'm driving yeah. at. Um, and dig deeper on the niche because 
people, you know, in sales, they say people buy from those who they like, know, and trust. Say, this is sales, right? You, you will get invested in by people who know, like, and trust you. Okay, you don't know them. They don't have any reason to like you yet because they don't know you. So how do you find people that trust you when they don't know you? Here's the answer. You go to people that are already busy in that industry because they know the industry, and that gives you the benefit of the doubt when talking, and then they'll get to like and know you, right? You work backwards. But if you start from, you know, like you go to talk to a bunch of dentists, they have no idea what you're talking about. Why would they believe you that your, your investment was going to go, you know, unicorn, right? But if you find yeah. people that are in, deep in that industry, then that will give you a leg up. So to uh, go more specific, is this helpful? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, what you're saying is that if the investment pieces aligns with what what we are doing, uh -huh. then it's going to um, you know push the ball. That's right. That's yeah. right. So let me give you two tactical ways to do that. Um, mm -hmm. Sorry, real quick. Lulu's in the chat. Lulu, I think you need to. You're in the backstage chat. Go over to YouTube, uh, my channel on the YouTube or on LinkedIn, and I think that's where you can get the public chat, and then you can talk to these people. Okay. Sorry. Um, sorry a lot of things at once here. Um, okay, two ways to actually get to investors who might actually be interested. And this is the key, is finding investors who are already interested, right? If you're going out trying to convince people that don't know you, don't know your product, and don't know the market, of course they're not going to invest. I'm not picking on you. I'm just saying that's logical, right? Would you? I mean, I don't know who you are. Why would I invest, right? So, so what I would do is think about your industry. Think about the keywords for that industry and go into LinkedIn and find as many of those people as you can. And start making friends, especially if they're senior people. They probably have more money than the junior people. Um, and especially mm -hmm. if you can find somebody that says, uh, if her LinkedIn says a retired CEO of some huge company in your space, well, she definitely has some money and she's got some time. That's your target, right? Not your dentist mm -hmm. uh, or your uncle, right? Um, and that kind of research is what a lot of founders um, miss because they're so busy building the product. They're charmed by the product and the service of the problem. And they're not, this is, it goes back to distribution. Like I was talking about earlier, right? Go out and find the people that are going to be already interested. So that's one idea. And the other idea is actually, this is, uh, I have seen this problem for so long that I built something myself. It's called startupinvestorsdirectory.com. Startupinvestorsdirectory.com. Simple name. I'm not going to put it in the chat because mm -hmm. this is only for those of you who are listening and paying attention. Um, this is in beta right now. We've been building it for about a year because everybody I talk to underthinks the research they do on investors. So it's a big directory. It's going to cost hundreds of dollars to join, but right now I just need beta testers. So if you're listening and if you're interested, no pressure, um, here's the code. Friends Beta 100. F-R-I-E-N-D-S. B-E-T-A, Friends Beta, all one word, capital letters, 100, Friends Beta 100, all caps. And you can go in, and anybody that's interested in this, um, go in, kick the tires, and please take the survey that you'll get when you do that uh, and let us know what you think, because it's not perfect. It's a beta mm -hmm. product, right? But I'm literally trying mm -hmm. to solve this problem because um, uh, if you're not an investor, you don't know other investors. It's chicken and egg, and all of us struggle with this. So anyway, there's two, two thoughts. I hope that some of that's helpful. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> all right. Well, nice to meet you. I hope, uh, hope it's not raining today in Seattle. No, no. It's, it's actually the summer. Okay, awesome. Okay, so up next, let's talk to, I think uh, Ethan is going to come join us here. Hey, Ethan. Yes. Hey, nice to see you. If you don't mind, let me just check into the chat room, see if anybody's screaming for uh, if there's any bugs or uh, problems I'm missing here. There's a lot going on at the same time. Um, let's see. Uh, 
Oh, here's my LinkedIn. I didn't put that one up. If you guys want to connect, I'm out there. Please tell me who you are, though. I get so much inbound. I only accept requests from people that I have some connection with. Otherwise, it's just noise. Um, so I'd be happy to hear from you if you'd like to join me on LinkedIn. Um, our next Masterminds workshop, uh, we get on this. You can go, well, actually, that's right there. So I won't, I'll put this one back on LinkedIn. Um, yeah, that's probably it. Okay. Okay. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Okay, so Ethan wanted to talk about um, so, sorry, Ethan, one more second. I said I was going to look at the chat and I got distracted. Okay, so let's, uh, we've got a bunch of people to pitch here. Okay, yeah, that's good. Okay, so if you're going to pitch, you need to come on camera. Um, Melanie, so let me give you the, uh, the, the uh, camera link again here. Uh, this is, who decided the scroll bars needed to be hidden? It just it makes things so difficult. There, okay, there's the on-camera link. Okay. So, Melanie, if you want to come backstage, um, and anybody else who wants to, okay, Los Angeles, San Antonio, um, uh, yes, uh, sorry, Ethan, you're on hold here, I know, one more minute, please, uh, uh, okay, Tiara, same thing, come join us on camera, I'm happy to talk about your fintech business, Esteban, how investors view open source projects, that's a great question, Esteban, please come in the chat room. Um, it's a really good question. Okay, this okay, there's too much. I can't keep up here. <laughs> okay, so let's get back to Ethan. I don't want to leave Ethan hanging here. Okay, so Ethan is a uh, new acquaintance of mine, a uh, fellow. Uh, are you Stanford guy or not? I met you at the Stanford event. You are Stanford guy. Okay, right. So, yeah. and he's both a medical doctor and a PhD, I think, right? So he's probably the smartest guy on the call here. That's why I just had him on, not just because he's good looking. He's here to, he's here to entertain us with some questions. So, let's see what's what's going on, Ethan. So I um I just have a question. Uh, I know some angel groups uh, work on convertible convertible bonds, um, uh, but states are becoming more popular. I'm just wondering when you sort of get that initial save from a uh, say like a a a, um, a, a a group like a like an incubator, then when you raise the next round, I think people. Uh, are saying that it's better as an investor to raise pre-money uh, and the investor would want rather post-money. But to me, why I'm just not understanding the difference if you're like, you know, raising a million or four million pre-money, you can just set how much you raise. And I feel like if you set the five, four plus one is five, then you raise more, you can raise, eventually raise more and then that is that is the difference. You've nailed it there. Let me let me back up though. You said a lot of interesting things there. I think would be interesting to other people. So first of all, incubators, uh, you know, accelerators. These are um, groups of uh, people, organizations that try to support early stage startups. You guys all know that. But they often will um, take a percentage of your company in, in exchange for the services. So they'll generally give you a term sheet or a deal, and those are often a SAFE, which stands for Simple Agreement for Future Equity, which is not a stock issue. It's not a convertible note issue. It's a different legal structure, which is an agreement that they're going to put some money in later once it's determined how much your company is worth. And those are really popular because they're very simple. Um, you can execute one of those like Ethan and I could do one of those while we're talking here, right? Um, 
And um, but a convertible note, which is the other typical structure, can easily cost you ten grand, maybe fifteen thousand dollars to document it, right? So it's much more complicated, and that's one of the reasons that the safe exists. Okay, so um, a quick correction on safes. Most investors I know don't like safes. Like the angels that I work with, we tend to like convertible notes. There's a lot more protections for us as investors. Um, the fact is that safes are really popular now, though, so it's it's a negotiated point, essentially. Um, but don't, I wouldn't, I'm not sure you were, but just be careful, everybody. Don't presume people are going to like it when you're using a safe. That They're not as legally binding, and there's lots of details that go into that, of course, uh, but they're not as strong for the investor. Um, the next question, what he's talking about, really, is valuation. So pre-money and post-money. So when you put money in, it's a five, uh, let's use round numbers, $10 million. If it's a $10 million valuation and you put in a million, pre, then the company will be worth 11 afterwards. Pretty straightforward. Um, post money is you get your percentage based on the 11 million instead of the 10 million. Um, so that's what you're talking about. And I, um, the issue is exactly what you're saying, that as investors, I would prefer it to be post money as opposed to pre money, because my money will get counted after everybody else's investments are gone in and diluted it. So just as really rough numbers. If I'm going to take 5% of the company, I'd rather have 5% of the company after everybody else is in the pool than 5% before they get counted, right? Because then we all go in together. Does that make sense? Um, this, uh, what I would say was that, you know, let's say, it's, uh, I don't know, like you say with 10 million, so not, not, not like one. So free money nine, and then you put in one, and then you get 10% of the company, and then you're 10 million, right? Mm -hmm. So it's either post money 10 and pre money 9 is exactly the same, right? If you were an investor. Uh, not exactly the same because 10% uh, of 9 million is not the same as 10% of 10 million, right? I mean, there's, there's, it's, it's a marginal difference. But what I think you're driving at is the, the amount put in can be adjusted to accommodate the dilution that would happen pre and most yeah, money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's what you're saying, right? And that is yeah. true. Um, it's just more complicated because then everybody has to do the math, and instead of it being around one million on ten, it's like one point, you know, it's one million eighty-three thousand seven hundred sixty-four dollars and twelve cents or something, right? And it just gets weird. So it's just convention, I think, in the industry. It's just arithmetic, right? This isn't even calculus. This is arithmetic. Uh, and you're right that it, it is. You can adjust. It's like a numerator and denominator, right, to get the same answer. Yes, if that's what you're asking. Yeah, that's right. It's just it's just convention. And um, the other point is back to incubator stuff. Uh, y Combinator, as probably most people know, is a really big uh, incubator. And they, I think that they switched now. Um, they had pre-money safes for a long time, and then they switched to a post-money safe, and then maybe they switched back. I've kind of lost track of it. But there is this issue, uh, and I had this myself with a company I invested in a couple of years ago. Once I started doing the math, and I saw how much – this might be helpful, actually. This company had raised a whole bunch of money proportionally. It was early stage, but proportionally before my, I got in. And when I saw how much dilution there was going to be, by bring because he had a really good friends and family network, and when all those people came into and were issued shares, it would have diluted the the company a lot, both his holding and my holding. So I wanted instead of a pre money, I wanted to, to be post money because it just added so many more people, right? And I wanted whatever it was five percent of the company at this spot, not at that spot. So, but th yes, that could have been adjusted by saying. Don't put in $100,000, put in $111,000 and 12 cents or whatever. Yeah. So I guess that brings up another good point. 
the adjustment of those amounts might be immaterial to a large venture fund. You know, if they put in $68 million versus a little, you know, $400,000 difference, but to angel investors, it may make a more significant difference, right? If somebody's putting in 10 grand, maybe they don't want to put in 10864 you know, whatever, right? It's just, it could be a larger, um, I mean, it shouldn't, but maybe they have a reason for only going to the round numbers. I don't know. So, okay. Well, I hope that's helpful. Hopefully that wasn't too complicated for everybody else. It gets complicated quickly. I get confused too. So nice to see you. Hope we'll see you at our next uh, Stanford Angels uh, meeting in a couple of weeks, right? I think. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, nice to see you, Ethan. Uh, let's see who we've got else here. Let's uh, let's see. There goes Ethan. And who else has shown up in the chat room here? Okay. So we've got. Oh, there's Melanie. Hey, Melanie, nice to see you. And uh, Carlo and Lulu. Uh, okay, are those our three uh, pitchers? What time we got? Oh, it is about time to do pitches. Okay, let's do pitches in just a moment. Let me just run through the chat room again here. And um, let's see. Um, sorry, let me do my disclaimers again real quick. And just trying to cover my own butt here since I'm doing this for free, for fun. <laughs> um, yeah, oh, yeah, come find me on there we go. Okay. So let's look at the chat room. Okay. So I'm going to work my way up from the bottom here. Um, let's see. Okay. Oh, the site I was talking about is startupinvestorsdirectory.com. Startupinvestors, plural, directory.com. If you want to try that out as a beta tester, we'd appreciate your feedback. Don't spread that code around too much though, please, or we'll have to turn it off. Um, let's see, some other LinkedIn folks. Melanie's coming back to age. Uh, which payment option? Sorry, good question there. It's the bronze option. Yes, I didn't say that. Thank you. Uh, bronze option um, will let you in. Sounds like somebody's actually using that there. MVP Modeling Solutions. The bronze, it'll give you the bronze membership. I uh, would love your feedback on the pricing, by the way. I know it's kind of expensive, but that's partially because we're going to try to pump. We, we spend a lot of money building it, actually, but also because we're going to use affiliates to resell. Um, but I'm thinking the pricing might be the, the, like the amounts of time that are offered with each membership. I was thinking about adjusting those. So if you have feedback on that, that would be really helpful. Um, um, okay, here's a good one. Let me hit this real quick. Eric's paradigm switch. Um, with NDAs and legal consideration, how does how, how do NDAs and legal considerations apply to crowdfunding? Isn't your idea out there unprotected? So this is a good question. It's a common concern, uh, and the answer is yes. <laughs> yes, um, you can't get the you know the general public, you can't get the whole internet to sign an NDA. Um, but the answer is you don't want to reveal too much. So if you're doing something that's really secret, uh, that has a real secret sauce. Um, an NDA uh, isn't going to apply, um, you might not want to do crowdfunding. I mean, that's all there is to it. Um, if, however, you can craft a message that gets you 80, 90, 99% of the way there to get people excited, you can do it in between of saying, basically, um, we're excited that you're excited. We will reveal some amount of this secret to people who are truly, truly going to invest. And then you vet those people, you research them, make sure they're for real, uh, or you even place a dollar amount, say, you know, we only, we're only going to tell the special sauce to people who invest at least 50000 or 100000 whatever your number is, right? Um, so there are in-between. 
that's also the kind of question I think that um, you could ask the, the crowdfunding platforms themselves. Um, the, uh, they deal with these questions all the time, and in my experience, they're very helpful. They, they're all looking for deals, right? They all want to be the number one platform. Um, and honestly, there's a link on uh, – I have, I have relationships. I'm an investor in several of them, as I said earlier. You can get a discount on your crowdfunding fees. I'm trying to think where I posted those links. Um, uh, I, think, I think if you go to scottfox.com slash startup funding – yeah, let me once I'll, I'll, I, can, I can pull this up. This would be helpful to you because I have these relationships that could give you discounts on the fees. Yeah, it is. ScottFox.com slash startup-funding. They're kind of like affiliate links. I don't know if I get anything out of it, actually. I must. I mean, but here, try that. That will give you some links to some of the uh, crowdfunding platforms um, that I think have a code in it that will give you discounts. Um, okay. So what else? Um, uh, Facebook user says, have a great day. Always great to see you. Well, thank you, Facebook user. <laughs> great to see all billion of you, too. Uh, that was anonymous. I'm just kidding. So whoever you are, got to be more specific, but thanks for the greetings. Uh, there's another pitch there. Shah Gaurav, did you come into the uh, – um, we're going to do pitches now, okay? So let's do pitches. And Kuram also, uh, IoT devices. Okay, cool. So did you guys – are you in the – uh, I'm, I'm Masha. Hey, Masha. Nice to see you. Oh, that's your MVP. Got it. Nice to see you. Um, let, let me put up that on-camera link again, and then we'll do pitches. Um, come on. Where's that link? Okay. Okay. So I'm going to take them in the order that I can see on the screen backstage here, and we'll do pitches. The idea is that they're um, a couple minutes uh, at most, like two minutes tops. I'll cut you off if you go on. Um, of course, I won't do that. You're all smart, intelligent people. Uh, use everybody's time effectively, please. The idea is just just practice, right? This is low-key. I'm friendly. Um, the audience will be friendly, and we'll give you some feedback, hopefully. Um, and if you can uh, show up and uh, give us an idea of what you're about, um, we'll give you some feedback. That's, that's the deal. So uh, let me bring, let's see. So, okay, so Gaurav and Karam, um, we'll probably have to cut it off there. Um, that's going to be a bunch of people. But let me just see. Okay, I'm going to bring you all on camera just a second. Let's see. He's gone. Ethan, you did, did you want to pitch? Hold on. I, I just got to – hold on. I just got to take attendance here. Um, Melanie, okay. Okay, so – okay, so – all right. So, who? So Lulu, yes. Carlo, did you want to pitch? I'm sure I'll pitch. Okay, you'll pitch. And Melanie said yes. And Ethan – oh, you said no. Okay. Okay, Ethan. <laughs> Sorry. Good to see you. I'll turn you off, and we'll bring on uh, – and. Uh, Karam and uh, Karam, you need to come on camera. I'm happy to hear your pitch, but um, we're not going to do it in the chat room. So come on camera if you can. Okay, so let's start with Lulu. Lulu has done this before. So let me turn off um, Carlo and Melanie. We'll be back in a minute. Good to see some ladies here. Nice to see you both. Uh, okay. Okay, so here's um, – okay, so Lulu, you know the drill. So uh, – so, Let's uh, go, go ahead whenever you're ready. Did you say no deck? Is that correct? Yes, no deck. This is just verbal. Sorry, it just gets technically too confusing with deck. All good. We had a two-minute timer. Okay. Hi, everyone. I'm Lula Waters, the CEO and founder of Book Sherpa, your guide to learning easily. What do Jerry, Jerry Seinfeld, Steve Jobs, and Einstein have in common? If you guess they're neurodiverse, which means they deal with dyslexia and ADHD, you're correct. 
along with 134 million Americans and 2.3 billion people worldwide are night neurodiverse. Here's the thing, to read from books, people are using multiple tools to acquire the knowledge from them, like a pen and paper, Notion, Evernote, Google Docs, things like that. At Bookshare, we simplify learning into one app. The way we do that is we have tools for specifically neurodiverse people, so ADHD and dyslexia, and they can choose different tools based on what they need to read and learn. In addition, everything that they highlight goes into a notebook. So when they're done reading, they have a notebook of all of their notes, everything they needed to learn, as well as retention stops, where we summarize the information and help them articulate it in a way that works for them so that they're learning. Our competitors include our competitors include Audible and <laughs> Audible and Kindle. And what they do is they basically translate a book into digital form or audible form. What we do is take the book and make it usable. Uh, and that includes our dyslexic friendly, ADH friendly design standards, uh, visual learning, as, as well as audible learning, as well as taking notes in a unique way. We are a three tier subscription model currently at $19.99 a month. 79% um, of the readers we've spoken to have joined our beta program. Right now, we are prior to launch and seeking 500K to develop, grow, and launch our app. Our team includes eight people, myself and a co-founder who is in neuroscience, along with tech, uh, publishing, education, and startup experience. Again, I'm Lou Waters, the CEO of uh, that's my time. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> that's, quite, that's quite a timer. All right. Nice. Nice job. Thank you. Nice job. Yeah, that's come a long way. You're really, you're really getting this together. Congratulations. Um, Thank you. So anybody that has feedback for her, please put it in the chat room. Please be nice. Of course, we're being constructive here. Um, and I thought that was very good. So it better be nice, right? And it wasn't, I don't have much to criticize at all. Um, uh, so. I do. So, okay, well, so I guess if, if, if I was going to pick holes, which is why we're here, right? Uh, Melanie yes. says, well done, and so does Rustem says, good job. <laughs> cool. Um, so, yeah, I thought it was good, too. Two, two points would be, one is you were reading, obviously, right? So, um, it, it, I can't read and talk. You can't read it. Well, that's my point, right? Nobody can read and talk, really. Yeah. Um, you need to memorize it. Um, and that sounds like a big deal, and it is. So what I recommend is bullet points. Figure out – you can't do this for a 20-minute pitch, right? If you have 20 minutes, obviously, you kind of have to read, right? But um, I would pick out the five or eight bullets and put them – just put them on, like, an index card in front of you and then talk it through so many times that you know what to say. When you see the Q team, you know what to say. When you see the Q product, you know what to say. Right. Or, or more words than that. If there's specific things you want to say, you know, like a little note or two, but it will come across a lot more naturally. And that was fine. It was very good. I'm, we're, we're here to complain. Right. So <laughs> I'm really not complaining. I'm trying to help you improve. Um, yeah. But the um, um, uh, bullets, I think rehearsing it that way will be helpful to you. Um, the other thing I would say is that was, and this is, I have to almost everybody, that was more of a product pitch than an investment pitch. Did a good job of making me understand what the product was and the problem and solution, but I didn't hear much about the business. And as an investor, um, I'm, this goes back to what I was talking about with Badri. Like, if you have identified me as someone who is really excited about this space, then I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt and I'm going to be interested. But if I don't know the space, I want to know how you're going to make money. How much, how soon how much funding it's going to take, and what my return is going to be, right? And obviously you don't know about the return, but at least you want to allude to 
you know, big financial success. So I would take, uh, and you did it, you did, you hit all the points. So this, again, I'm picking at nits here because you did an ask at the end, which is great. A lot of people miss that, as you know. Um, we've been, yeah. Lulu, Lulu and I have been to events together where people miss big chunks of this. So she's got the outline. Um, but I would take, I don't know, 10 or 20% of what you said, reduce the amount on product and increase the amount on revenue projections, um, customers, you know, the business side of things. And that would get yeah. investors' attention. So. That's really good to know because that's a three-minute pitch. So it's just so you know, I am dyslexic and have ADHD, so I can't read and talk. I only have my old slide deck, uh -huh. and I'm just trolling through it. Uh -huh. And I had to skip a few slides for time. Okay. And we're prepping to do a customer journey deck with J. Cal launch, uh, you know, accelerator. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, I really appreciate the feedback. At least you understood the idea. I've come a long way in a year. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Right, 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 right. Well, keep it up. It's yeah, it's yeah. it's 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 hard. <laughs> That's all there is to it. It's hard. Yeah. Thank right. you. Sure. I really appreciate you. So basically, I hear you saying for an investor deck to make sure I have like, do you like Sam Sam Song or not? I do. I mean, it's it's the standard these days. I I don't. I don't love it, but I don't have a better idea. I mean, that's it's a structure for the for everyone listening. Tam Tam Thumb is total total addressable market, serviceable addressable market, and serviceable obtainable market. So it's basically like a an onion. Like uh, who drinks water? Everybody drinks water, but we're only going to target people in North America who can afford bottled water, right? Tam Sam Thumb, that's, that's some more or less, um, and that's the way a lot of um, uh, investors are used to seeing market numbers these days. So, yeah, why not, I guess, um, especially because you have, unlike water, you would probably be able to find some pretty good numbers about your TAM, SAM, and SOM. I mean, there have got to be surveys out there about neurodiverse. Yeah, I have to, actually. I yeah. Have to there. So I will, I will, I'm working to build up. I'll split the deck and make an investor deck. I appreciate that. Yeah. I'm submitting to White I'm probably going to need an investor deck for them. Well, that's right, and that's that's the number one takeaway. If anybody's listening, you don't hear anything else I'm saying today. Don't treat investors like customers. The end, right? Yeah. Investors are not customers. We're not. It's different. So, yeah, you got it. <laughs> What's that? Thank you. You want the math? Yeah. Bottom line. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Okay. I appreciate you. Okay. And everyone here, thank you. All right. Nice to see you, Lulu. All right. So now we're going to bring on our new friend, Melanie. Let's see. Goodbye to Lulu. And hold on one second there, Melanie. Okay. Okay. looks like Carlo had to drop. Okay. So you're our finale. Uh, love to hear what you've got to say. Where are you checking in from, Melanie? I'm actually checking in from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Great. All right. Nice to see you. It must be lovely up there this time of year. Oh, it is. It's wonderful. <laughs> okay. So, um, well, you've heard what Lulu did. Are you kind of ready to do something like that a minute or two? Uh, I am. I'm going to try to nail this. I actually have a three-minute pitch, so I'm going to try to nail it in two minutes or less. Okay. All right. Well, let's do it. Okay. So, hello. My name is Melanie Arden. I'm the Senior Vice President of Original Content at Renegade Lens Pictures. We're currently raising $2 million to fund our theatrical science fiction film, God OS, The Quantum Genesis. The $2 million raise is broken down into two parts. $1.25 million for the production and $750,000 for a 140-screen, four-week, guaranteed theatrical release. Now, what sets us apart from our competition are two key members of our team, Mike Doban and Ken Silverman. Both men are experienced Hollywood major studio executives in marketing and distribution. 
Now we've taken the steps to heavily mitigate this production. Even if we have poor ticket sales across all theaters, our investors can expect a 36% return from box office and secondary distribution windows. Now our conservative figures reflect one third of what the film can actually make in global revenue. Investors can expect to recover their investment via box office revenue through one of three scenarios, a return of 36.3% at the low end compared to 100.5% in the high end. And we only need to have a 22% audience attendance to achieve high projections. So for the low projection, we can expect to have a total revenue of about 3.1 million. For the medium projections, net revenues at 4.2 million. And for the high projection, the combined net revenue should equal approximately 5.6 million based on the total revenue that includes box office and secondary markets. Please get in touch if you would like to receive a confidential link where you can access the pitch deck, business plan, PPM, and subscription documents. This is a Reg D Rule 506C offer. It's meant for accredited investors only. Thank you for your time and consideration. Please let me know if you have any questions. All right. Well done. Um, normally, when we're when we're uh, face to face, people give you a round of applause. So <laughs> this will have to do. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> awesome. Um, so I guess you've done that a few times. It sounds like that was very good. Yeah, nicely Thank done. You. Nicely done. Okay. So uh, again, folks in the chat room, if you have suggestions, um, and certainly, of course, if you want to invest, let her know. Uh, I do need to say though, this is practice. This is especially since this is an accredited Reg D offering only. This is not an actual investment solicitation uh, to the general public. Um, this is just practice and for fun and information, right, Millie? Uh, you probably understand why I said that. Um, okay. <laughs> okay. So, uh, so uh, practice-wise, that was great. Uh, you're a good speaker and you're personable, which always helps. Um, the um, so okay. So let's let's. What are we going to pick on? So um, uh, great job, people said. Uh, very very good. Nicely done. Yeah. Okay. You've got fans all over the world now. It looks like. Um, okay. So what would I say? So I would say. Um, well, you, you probably know some of this, right? Like films aren't usually a venture capital type investment, right? So this is I, my my advice would be more for VC type pitches. So you can adjust as you know your mileage may vary. Um, for VCs, it would be normal to have the CEO pitching, not an SVP, um, because it would be a founder situation. Maybe that's a little different, but it would help. Obviously, the bigger the title, the more it helps. Um, the questions I had that you kept saying 36%, you never set a timeline. So I don't know if 36% is in a month, in 10 years, or, you know, whatever. So um, that's, that's something I would address if you can. Um, I was curious, you spent a lot of time in a good way, like talking about the market segments and the returns. And it, Actually, I skipped over the major point. You talked about the business. This was awesome, right? This was all about the math, right? <laughs> I was just counseling uh, Lulu to do. So that is very interesting. And that's why I'm, my head is spinning, like trying to do the math and stuff. And that's why I ran into timeline immediately, like what over what period is this repayment? Um, but So that left me, which is unusual, wondering a little more about the content, right? Like what's the film or films about? Um, what is um, What markets are you targeting? I mean, there's some, you've got some secret angle here, which is maybe not so secret, you just left it out, but how are you going to do this, right? I, I was in LA in the entertainment business myself for a long time, and that's a great pitch, but I, it makes me wonder why or how, right? Um, so I think you probably want a line or two or ten about, you know, those things. You know, what is the content, how much of it, uh, how often, um, and, 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 um, and how you're going to get it out there, and to which markets. You must have some 
angles, right, on this. It's not just a you're not doing the next Avengers movie, right? So, so what's what's the angle? So, uh, a little more of that would have been helpful. But other than that, I didn't have a lot to to complain about. So that was nicely done. Is that helpful? Thank you. Yeah, very helpful. Actually, um, just to um, let you know, um, my three-minute pitch actually covers a lot more detail sure. because I was strapped for uh, for time. Um, in my three-minute pitch, I do actually go over what um, the story is about in one sentence. Uh-huh. I also mention my target audience, and I talk more about the significant return on investment. I also explain, you know, the fact that, you know, we didn't select our, our comparable films um, that were distributed by studios because that would have grossly inflated our projections. We mm-hmm. stayed with conservative numbers. So I'm, I'm definitely more detailed in my three-minute pitch versus sure. the two-minute one. Yeah, and that's only fair. I, uh, it's an artificial constraint. It's, and I actually, believe it or not, I kind of do that on purpose because it throws people off because um, this is what real life would be like, right? You might not have three minutes, right? You might only have 90 seconds in the in the proverbial elevator. So you did a great job then. I, it doesn't surprise me that you had more content stuff. That makes sense. <laughs> Being a content Thank company. You. Yeah. All right. Well, nice to meet you. I hope that was helpful. Thank you. Yeah. We'll see it you. was. See it you. was. Thank you very much. Right on. Hope to see you next time. So please tell your friends, everybody. We're trying to do this every month uh, to help everybody out. Um, I guess that's the deal here. Um, I'm, this is a volunteer effort, so if any of you are watching and found this useful, please do like and share. Um, that's the only way that this grows. Um, we're building other services like the StartupInvestorsDirectory.com to try to help solve early stage founder problems um, because I can. <laughs> I want to help. That's uh, so why I write these books. And um, I think that, uh, like I said at the top of the show, uh, entrepreneurs are the biggest thing we've got going in terms of improving the planet. So um, I hope you'll help me help everybody uh, like and subscribe and uh, hit me up on LinkedIn if you'd like. Um, if you want to contact me, I don't, I get too many LinkedIn messages. So uh, there are contact forms on scottfox.com uh, and on the Startup Council website and so forth. You can, that's easier that way my assistants can route it um, to me. Um, and what else? I think that's kind of it. Um, yeah, so get on the email list and we'll let you know about future events. And I appreciate you being here today. I hope it was helpful. I enjoyed having all of you here. Thanks for showing up from all over the world. And many of you in the middle of the night. <laughs> so apologize for that. But uh, the world's a big place. I can't be on all night myself. So um, that's all for now. I hope that uh, you're going to go out there and get it. Uh, I, I believe in you. And, uh, you know, you're one of those people who goes out and gets things done. So go do it. Thanks for watching. See you next time. Please tell your friends. And uh, we'll be back again. Um, Fourth Tuesday of every month, I think, is what we're doing. Fourth Tuesday. Thanks for watching.